Chapter Four of Unto Caesar. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording done by Jules Harlock of Mississauga, Ontario, Canada. Unto Caesar by Baroness Orksey. Chapter Four hope deferred maketh the heart sick proverbs thirteen verse twelve alas the roman gods are the gods of the patricians they take so little heed of the sorrows and the trials of poor freedmen and slaves who ordered the hat to be put on this girl's head suddenly interposed the harsh voice of the praefect he had not moved away from the rostrum all the while that the throngs of obsequious sycophants and idle lovesick youths had crowded round dea flavia now he spoke over his shoulder at Ravas, who had no thought whilst his comfortable little plot was succeeding so well that the praefect was paying heed she hath no guarantee as my lord grace himself hath knowledge said the african with anxious humility nay thou liest as to my knowledge of it said taras intenor where is the list of goods compiled by the censor three pairs of willing hands were ready with the parchment rolls which the prefect had commanded one was lucky enough to place them in his hands what is the girl's name he asked as the deep-set eyes under their perpetual frown ran down the minute writing on the parchment roll nola the daughter of menecrita my lord said one of the scribes i do not see the name of nola daughter of menecrita amongst those whom the state doth not guarantee for skill health or condition rejoined the praefect quietly and his rough voice scarcely raised about its ordinary pitch seemed to ring a death-bell in poor menecrita's heart nola the daughter of menecrita he continued once more referring to the parchment in his hand is here described as sixteen years of age of sound health and robust condition despite the spareness of her body the censor who compiled this list states that she has a fair knowledge of the use of unguents and of herbs that she can use a needle and plait a lady's hair thou didst not know all this Hanravas, for the duplicate list is before thee even now my lord grace murmured Hanravas, his voice quivering now his limbs shaking with the fear in him i did not know i thou didst endeavour to defraud the state for purposes of thine own interposed the praefect calmly here thou he added begging to one of his lectors take this man to the regia and hand him over to the chief warder my lord grace cried hun ravas silence to-morrow you will appear before me in the basilica bring thy witnesses then if thou hast any to speak in thy defence to-morrow thou canst replead before me 
any circumstance which might mitigate thy fault and stay my lips from condemning thee to that severe chastisement which crimes against the state deserve in the meantime hold thy peace i'll not hear another word but it was not in the negro's blood to submit to immediate punishment now and certain chastisement in the future without vigorous protestations and the generous use of his powerful lungs the prefect's sentences in the tribunal where he administered justice were not characterized by leniency the galleys the stone quarries ay even the cross were all within the bounds of possibility whilst the scourge was an absolute certainty hun ravis set up a succession of howls which echoed from temple to temple from one end of the forum to the other the frown on the prefect's forehead became even more marked than before he had seen the young idlers who by a moment ago were fawning round dea flavia's litter turning eagerly back towards the rostrum where hun ravis's cries and moans had suggested the likelihood of one of those spectacles of wanton and purposeless cruelty in which their perverted senses found such constant delight but this spectacle taurus antenor was not like to give them all he wanted was a quick restoration of peace and order the fraudulent auctioneer was not in his sight but a breaker of the law as such he was deserving of such punishment as the law decreed and no more but his howls just now were the means of rousing in the hearts of the crowd the most despicable of all passions to which the roman the master of civilization was a prey the love of seeing some creature man or beast in pain a passion which brought the roman citizen down to the level of the brute therefore taurus antenor wished above all to silence hun ravas one more sound from thy throat and i'll have thee scourged now and branded ere the trial he said the threat was sufficient the negro feeling that in submission lay his chief hope of mercy on the morrow allowed him to be led away quietly whilst the young patricians cheated of an anticipated pleasure protested audibly and thou cherian continued the praefect addressing a fair-skinned slave up on the rostrum who had been assistant hitherto in the auction do thou take the place vacated by hun ravis he gave a few quick words of command to the lectors take the hat off that girl's head he said and put the inscribed tablet around her neck then she can be set up for sale as the state hath decreed as if moved by the clockwork one of the lectors approached the girl and removed the unbecoming hat from her head releasing a living stream of gold which as it rippled over the girl's shoulders roused a quick cry of admiration in the crowd in a moment menecreta realized that her last hope must yield to the inevitable now even whilst her accomplice hun ravas received the full brunt of the praefect's wrath 
she had scarcely dared to breathe scarcely felt that she lived in this agony of fear her child still stood there on the platform disfigured by the ugly headgear obviously the most unattractive to the crowd nor did the awful possibility at first present itself to her mind that all her schemes for obtaining possession of her daughter could come to naught it was so awful so impossible of conception that the child should here to-day pass out of the mother's life for ever and without hope of redemption that she should become the property of a total stranger who might forever refuse to part from her again an agriculturist mayhap who lived far off in ethuria or macedon and that she the mother could never never hope to see her daughter again that was the thought which was so horrible that its very horror seemed to render its realization impossible but now the prefect with that harsh pitiless voice of his was actually ordering the girl to be sold in the usual way with all her merits exhibited to the likely purchaser her golden hair a perfect glory to tempt the artistic eye her skill recounted in fulsomeness her cleverness with the needle her knowledge of healing herbs the mother suddenly felt that every one in that cruel gaping crowd must be pining to possess such a treasure that the combined wealth of every citizen of rome would be lavished in this endeavour to obtain the great prize the prefect himself mayhap would bid for her or the imperator's agents alas everything seemed possible to the anxious the ridiculous the sublime heart of the doting mother and when that living mass of golden ripples glimmered in the moon noonday sun merikritia forgetting her timidity her fears her weakness pushed her way through the crowd with all the strength of her despair with a cry of agonized entreaty threw herself at the feet of the prefect of rome my lord grace have mercy have pity i entreat thee in the name of the gods of thy mother of thy child if thou hast one have pity on me have pity have pity the lectors had sprung forward in a moment and tried to seize the woman who had dared to push her way to the prefect closely guarded presence and was crouching there her arms encycling his thighs her face pressed close against his knees one of the men raised his flail and brought it down with cruel strength on her thinly covered shoulders but she did not heed the blow mayhap she never felt it who ordered thee to strike said torres antonor sternly to the lector who had already had the flail raised for the second time the woman doth molest my lord's grace protested the man have i said so no my lord but i thought to do my duty that thought will cost thee ten such lashes with the rods as thou didst deal this woman by jupiter he added roughly whilst for the first time a look of ferocity as that of an angry beast lit up the impassiveness of his deep-set eyes if this turmoil continues i'll have every slave here flogged till he bleed 
in the business of the state to be hindered by the howlings of this miserable rabble get thee gone woman he cried finally looking down on prostate menacritia get thee gone ere my lectors do thee further harm but she with the obstinacy of a great sorrow clung to his knees and would not move my lord's grace have pity tis my child and thou takest her from me thou part those whom the gods themselves have united tis my child my lord hath no children of thine own what dost prate about he asked still speaking roughly for he was wroth with her and hated to see the gaping crowd of young empty-headed fools congregating round him and this persistent suppliant hanging round his shins thy child who's thy child and what hath thy child to do with me she is but a babe my lord said menacritia with timid tender voice her age only sixteen a handmaiden she was to arminius quirinius who gave the miserable mother her freedom but kept the daughter so that he might win good money by and by through the selling of the child my lord's grace i have toiled for six years that in the end i might buy my daughter's freedom fifty aurori did arminius quirinius demand as her price and i worked my fingers to the bone so that in time i might save that money but arminius quirinius is dead and i have only twenty aurorii with the hat of disgrace on her head the child could have been knocked down to me but now now look at her my lord how beautiful she is and i have only twenty aurorii taurus antinor had listened quite patiently to menecritus's tale his sun-tanned face clearly showed how hard he was trying to gather up the tangled threads of her scrappy narrative nor did the lectors this time try to interfere with the woman the praefect apparently was in no easy temper to-day and when ill-humour seized him rods and flails were kept busy and why didst not petition me before he asked after a while when menecritia paused in order to draw breath and his face looked so fierce his voice sounded so rough no wonder the poor woman trembled as he whispered through her tears i did not dare my lord i did not dare yet thou didst dare openly to outrage the law i wanted my child and how many aurores didst promise to hunravis for helping thee to defraud the state only five my lord she murmured then he said sternly not only didst thou conspire to cheat the state for whose benefit the sale of the late censor's goods was ordered by imperial degree but thou didst bribe another a slave of the treasury to aid and abet thee in this fraud menecritus grasp around the praefect's knees did not relax and he made no movement to free himself but her head fell sideways against her shoulder whilst her lips murmured in tones of utter despair i wanted my child for thy delinquencies resumed the praefect seemingly not heeding the pathetic appeal 
thou shalt appear before my tribunal on the morrow like unto hunravas thine accomplice and thou shalt then be punished no less than thou deservest but this is no place for the delivery of my judgment upon thee and the sale must proceed as the law directs thy daughter must stand upon the castata thou canst renew thy bit of twenty aurori for her and he added with unmistakable significance as throwing his head back his imperious glance swept over the assembled crowd as there will be no higher bid for nola daughter of menecreta she will become thy property as by law decreed the true meaning of this last sentence was quite unmistakable the crowd who had gathered round the rostrum to watch gaping the moving incident looked on the praefect and understood no one was to bid for nola the daughter of menecreta taurus antonor surnamed anglicanus had spoken and it would not be to any one's advantage to quarrel with his arbitrary pronouncement for the sake of any slave-girl however desirable she might be it was not pleasant to encounter the wrath of the praefect of rome nor safe to rouse his enmity so the crowd acquiesced silently not only because it feared the praefect but also because metacritus sorrow the call of the despairing mother the sad tragedy of this little domestic episode had not left untouched the hearts of these roman citizens in matters of sentiment they were not cruel and they held family ties in great esteem both these factors went far towards causing any would-be purchaser to obey taras antinor's commands and to retire at once from the bidding as for metacritia it seemed to her as if the heavens had opened before her delighted gaze from the depths of despair she had suddenly been dragged forth into the blinding daylight of hope she could scarcely believe that her ears had heard rightly the words of the praefect still clinging to his knees she raised her head to him her eyes still dimmed with tears looked strangely wondering up at his face whilst her lips murmured faintly art thou a god that thou shouldst act like this but obviously the small stock of patience possessed by the praefect was now exhausted for he pushed the woman roughly away from him a truce on thy ravings now woman the midday hour is almost on us i have no further time to waste on thine affairs put the girl up on the castata he added speaking in his usual harsh curt way and take this woman's arms from around my shins and it was characteristic of him that this time he did not interfere with his lectors when they handled the woman with their accustomed roughness End of chapter four